whether you are starting a business or running a business, maybe you're producing a podcast like The Kara Golden Show. Let's face it, it's always way harder than one might expect. Lots of little details, meticulous planning, producing product, guest coordination, editing, promoting each episode. It's all a ton of work. Managing merchandise, managing cases and book sales too, layer after layer of complexity. And if you're like me, looking for ways to operate more efficiently and effectively is the name of the game. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret. ShipStation, the tool that is here to help you and you need to know all about it. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me to manage orders from anywhere and print shipping labels with just a click. Seriously, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates, you can't go wrong. Significant savings. And who doesn't want that? An easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses? Not much churn either. 98% of them stay with ShipStation because it truly works. ShipStation is it. So if you're ready to streamline your shipping process and focus more on what you love, head over to ShipStation.com the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. I am unwilling to give up that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so thrilled to have my next guest here. We have Eve Rodsky, who is the author of multiple books. You may have heard of the book Fair Play, uh, which actually is an incredible book, but her newest book, which came out a little while ago, is Unicorn Space, and it is absolutely amazing. Unicorn Space, Reclaim Your Creative Life in a Too Busy World. Uh, Just to give you a little bit of background on Eve, she's also an attorney and did a documentary film called Fair Play, which is absolutely super terrific uh, with one of my friends, Jennifer Newsom. And she is engaging people on the topic of the age-old problem, women shouldering the brunt of domestic responsibilities and the unequal emotional labor and invisible work in relationships as well as how this is critical hot-button issues that needs 
so much addressing for sure. So I'm super thrilled to be having her on today to talk about all of these uh, issues and also just to discuss further her journey and all about uh, more than what we are able to read in the book. So welcome, Eve. Thank you, Kara, for having me. Thank you. Uh, I've known about you for a long time through Seth um, and your wonderful beverage hint is always in our refrigerator. Um, I cannot Thank drink you. water plain. So uh, literally, I was just drinking one this morning. It's either Hint or iced tea. So uh, very happy to be here. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And your husband, Seth, is awesome as well. Mm-hmm. So very, very excited to finally meet you. So let's start at the beginning. Where did all this thinking come from, Eve, that obviously you are, you're an attorney as well. You've been super busy. You've got a family. Uh, you've got a great husband. But where where did this piece come that you decided, I need to put this into a book and really start having this conversation? That's such a good question because, you know, I'm sure you didn't wake up in your third grade. What do you want to be when you grow up? Or Kara and said, you want to be a serial entrepreneur? Um I, I did not think I was going to be an expert on the gender division of labor, as you so beautifully said in the intro of my bio. Uh, but, you know, in fact, like when I, when I'm Gen X, and so I was resolutely not aware of gender, um, I was told that I could be anything that any, that anybody else could be, that women had opportunities reproductive freedom, um, opportunities to enter male professions at rates that we had never seen before. So I remember getting to law school and Elizabeth Warren was our orientation teacher. And she asked us, what do we want to do with our law degree? And I legit thought, Kara, that I was going to be like, I think I said I was going to be a senator uh, from New York and and the president of the United States. And I wasn't going to give up my dream of being a Nick City dancer. So it was this, I had this boundless energy at 23 that I was going to be smashing like, you know, every glass ceiling one after the other. And really where you asked me about my story, my story comes in because when I look 10 years later, the only thing that I was smashing that I could legitimately tell you that I was smashing would probably be like peas, you know, peas for my toddler, Zach, while breastfeeding, you know, a newborn baby. Uh, working as a lawyer. I wasn't president, but I liked my job, but I was negotiating maternity leave when I was coming back from my second son. They took away all my direct reports to my corporation. They told me if I had to uh, pump breast milk, I needed to bring a battery pack because there was no outlet in the broom closet. And so um, I was at the lowest point in my life being completely abandoned by my workplace and my dreams And then on top of it, um, Fair Play starts where Seth starts abandoning me uh, from being um, and assuming that I was going to be the she fault in our household, the default for literally every single household and domestic task for for my family. And so the book starts when I'm having a breakdown over blueberries, over a text that sent me that said, I'm surprised you didn't get blueberries. But I think, Kara, you know, it was a lot more that day on the side of the road when I did cry over this text. I'm surprised you didn't get blueberries. It wasn't about the fact that I think he was assuming I was the fulfiller of his smoothie need that day, (laughs) his smoothie needs. It was more um, this realization that I did not know how I got there. 
Yeah. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Thinking about what's for dinner, but you haven't had a minute to even think about it before now? Well, let's not make that mistake again. I have a tip for you. Factor. Stress-free, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, just perfect for spring and summer yumminess. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes or less. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, keto, vegan, veggie, or calorie smart. Factor has you covered. Discover more than 60 add-ons every week too, like breakfast and on-the-go lunch choices, snacks and beverages now too. Stay fueled and feel good all day long with whatever they are creating over at Factor for you. And the best part, each meal is ready to eat in just two minutes or less. And who wouldn't want that? Factor is your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. Get started today and fuel up for your spring and summer goals. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash golden50 and use code golden50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code golden50 at factormeals.com slash golden50 to get 50% off 
plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's code GOLDEN50 at factormeals.com slash GOLDEN50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. How I became this gray, overwhelmed version of myself that was fighting sort of an acid rainstorm of, of mundane and overwhelm at the same time. Uh, two words that many women in 17 countries associate with midlife. And that's, and that's where my fair play unicorn space journey started, where I try to uncover what was happening to me. And, you know, we've all had those days for sure. What I have always said is, you know, you, if you're like me, you start to, you stop and think, you know, who's my phone a friend, right? Maybe, um, you know, maybe it's your mom. You know, in my case, my mom passed away years ago. So you really, you really sort of question if you'll just freak someone out by calling them yes, saying, yes. you know, I didn't buy blueberries, right? You know, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's a, um, and, you know, you know, you're going to be okay, but you just really need to, you need things to be fair, right? And, but and, Tara, can I tell you something about phoning a friend? I think when you're having like a business meltdown or a friendship meltdown, it's actually pretty easy. But I mm-hmm. think we've been conditioned, um, especially sort of as type A women who are, you know, conditioned to be successful. We've been conditioned not to talk about our partners. Yeah. So I actually think there was a lot of shame because I couldn't really phone a friend that day of the blueberries. Because if I started to call someone and say, Seth is a complete asshole and I'm alone and I hate my marriage then, then God forbid the next day I didn't feel that way. And then I feel so ashamed that I was, you know, talking shit about my partner. Right. So right. the reason why the number one reason why people don't write their memoir, Kara, I found out recently is because they don't want to write people about people who are living. And so for me, um, I had to write about someone who was living, you know, knock on wood, you know, Seth, please God, you know, he, he's alive, please God. And so I had to, to, to be able to normalize these issues. I, Seth had to be willing to let me tell our story. And every woman in the beginning that I felt close to that I wanted to talk about these issues was a whisper network of, yeah, my partner does that too, or I'm overwhelmed too, or I'm the one planning the birthday party. My partner can't even bring home you know, the right type of mustard. Uh, he's bringing spicy Dijon home every fucking time. And I'm asking for, you know, French is yellow. And I can't trust him with my living will because he can't even bring home the right type of mustard. So we were doing it in a whisper network, but nobody I felt was being vulnerable enough to have these conversations. And it took Seth really allowing me to tell our story, which I thought was pretty brave. So what was the next step then? Do you remember when you were sitting there, you know, having a meltdown and thinking, you know, I got to talk to Seth about this. And of mm-hmm. course, Seth, you know, as as my husband says, happy wife, happy life, right? He, mm-hmm. he wants to get you out of, sorry about the blueberries. I'll never say that again, whatever. But that doesn't fix the issue, right? And And Correct. I think that that's where I felt like your book was just so amazing. But will you share with the audience kind of the next step for you? Yeah, well, for me, the next step was, and I talk a lot about this in the book, um, realizing that there were other women like the Karas of the world, these women that I looked up to that were so 
strong and use their voice in every other area that was also, that were also struggling with these issues. But I didn't get there through a phone that a friend, Caro. What happened to me, and I talk about this in the book, was around the same time as my blueberries break down, I was on a breast cancer march in downtown LA for a friend that had been recently diagnosed and also somebody who a friend in, in, law, in law school had, had died. So we were there in this really beautiful camaraderie with 10 women, not all married to men. But I remember the Saturday morning so well, because I don't think I would have noticed if it hadn't been for the blueberries breakdown. So that's how life is, right? Something mm-hmm. sort of changes your lens. Mm-hmm. And then you, it's hard to, it's a kaleidoscope. You sort of mm-hmm. move that kaleidoscope like one inch and then the entire frame changes. So I was already in a different mindset about my own home. But what I saw that day of this breast cancer march was that it was a Saturday morning. By noon, these women who I loved all turned into pumpkins. It wasn't just me. You know, they were getting the text and the phone calls from their partners. Like, you know, where did you put Hudson's soccer bag? And what's the address of the birthday party? Did you leave me a gift? My favorite was my friend Kate's husband that texted her, do the kids need to eat lunch? And so I think the best part about that day was, well, the worst part was the realization that all those women left me there and said, this was a great march. We had a great time together, but staying for lunch is too much. I left my partner with too much to do. And so the Oscar winning producer and the head of stroke and trauma for a major hospital, all of these strong women left me there. Uh, to go find Hudson's soccer bag and to bring a perfectly wrapped gift to a birthday party and to feed their kids lunch. But that was the day, Kara, that everything changed for me because I made them, I forced them before they left to count up how many phone calls and texts we received. And so it was 30 phone calls and 46 texts for 10 women over 30 minutes. And that's when I realized that even if you have a supportive partner who's helping you with the execution of bringing Hudson to the birthday party, and they're doing that willingly, the mental load, the emotional labor, the cognitive labor, the planning, the conception that I talk about in Fair Play, the behind the scenes off-screen work was still falling on women. And and then I was able to go to a library and realize that that was actually the truth, that two-thirds or more of what it takes to run a home and family falls on women. And this is the worst part. The worst part is that if you're in a business with your partner or you make more money than your partner, um, two things happen. There's more violence in the home and women do more domestic labor. So so a lot of people, they were resistant to fair play because they said, well, women are going to start making more money and the dynamics will change. And in fact, we've now seen the opposite that as more more women are the primary breadwinners for their families or the co-breadwinners, um, they're taking on more domestic work to compensate, I think, for the fact that they're breaking gendered expectations and the gender binary, which is such a big deal in our society. Huge deal. And I th- will also add that even if you're fortunate enough to be able to have help, and whether that's a nanny or an assistant or whatever, there are certain things that, you know, you feel responsibility to do. You can't, 
outsource those things. And, you know, well, there's 50. That's-, that's what the fair play. So if the fair play getting yeah. to what it really was, it turned into a should I do spreadsheet with those women over nine months and uh, getting to talk to women in 17 countries, then over 10 years. And ultimately, it became a system a card game where there's a hundred cards that represent everything you need to do in the household uh, to run an efficient household. God forbid you play with all hundred cards. The goal is to play with less than a full deck and to uh, have ownership of the cards. But the real issue that you were just talking about, Kara, is very important because 50 of those cards of the hundred, there's 60 if you don't have children and a hundred if you do. So 40 extra cards if you have children. 50 of those 100 cards can't be outsourced. Mm -hmm. So as much as you love Alexia, she's not deciding whether your child's adenoids are being taken out. As much as you love Alexia, right, she's probably not going to pick out the haircut for your child. Um, And so there are 50 of those cards that even if you wanted to or heard sort of that white feminist outcry, you know, rallying cry in the past 20 years, just outsource, 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 which is highly problematic because it basically means white women's careers are based on the undervalued work nannies, right, of black and brown women. But if you put that aside, even if you did outsource, you can only do outsource about half of the work. Side hustles are all the rage these days. And why not? It's an easy way to make money, whether your side hustle is e-commerce, affiliates, newsletters, or chat GPT. Now is the time to make your dream become a reality. And here is where Hostinger comes in. Hostinger offers high-quality web hosting services with all the resources you need to succeed online. Interested in setting up a new website? Setting up that initial website is super easy and extremely intuitive with Hostinger. You can launch a WordPress website in one click or use Hostinger's drag-and-drop website builder. Worried you might not be able to get the look you want? Don't be. With over 150 beautiful and fully customizable templates to choose from, they've got you covered. And as I said, Hostinger makes it ridiculously simple to make it all happen, whether you are a newbie or a pro. They can even help you create a free logo in seconds using their AI logo maker. It's really all pretty awesome. Whether you're interested in setting up a website like I did with Hint Water or creating that newsletter that you've always dreamed about, Hostinger is a great option for anyone who wants a straightforward option. Sign up now for one incredible offer. Go to hostinger.com slash Kara Golden to get everything you need to create your website for less than $3 per month, plus 10% off with promo code Kara Golden. That's hostinger.com slash Kara Golden, promo code Kara Golden for an extra 10% off. So you mentioned that this book is not just for people with children, because that's not what this is about, right? There's other things in relationships that you probably still would have been responsible for buying the blueberries, even if you didn't have children, for sure. So why should men want to get on board? with fair play? Well, I didn't, there's a couple of stories that that didn't get into the book um, because they happened during the pandemic, but uh, I'll tell you a very small one because I think there, it it encapsulates to me what the benefits are 
for men, because this is really not about chores and housework, Kara. This is about our humanity and our ability to um, to thrive and to be more efficient. Um, as one man said to me, his house is one where um, they wait to decide who's taking the dog out right when it's about to take a piss on the rug. So I think there's a lot of people who don't look at their home as their most important organization. They don't have systems. And so you just sort of die in decision fatigue. But I'll tell you just a very quick story. It's like a two-minute story, but it really illustrates to me the smallness of fair play. Again, back to that kaleidoscope analogy where you could just do something so small within the system and it changes everything. But there was a couple during the pandemic where it was uh, a stay-at-home mom. Her name, I'll just call her Amy and, and I'll call him Ed. Um, and so Amy and Ed, they... Uh, she was a stay-at-home mom, but she was doing everything, homeschooling, just literally um, dying during the pandemic of stress and and overwhelm. And so they wanted to start playing fair play, which is not the best time to play when your emotions are high and your cognition is low, but whatever. I wanted to see what would happen. So they start to really go through the cards. Uh, and what they noticed about Ed was that because he works and sort of shut the door during the COVID and sort of took over... Um, and she had a part-time job and gave up her job, that she noticed that uh, a lot of the cards that he actually was in charge of when they were looking at the deck were related to like home goods. He was the one ordering Amazon's supplies. He was the one who did the, the, the yard. He talked to the gardeners. He paid their bills. But there was one, there's a suit because the cards have four suits, like real cards. There's a suit called home. There's a suit called, called caregiving. There's a suit called Out, like transporting your kids to school. And there's a suit called Magic. And what they realized was that Ed wasn't involved in any of the Magic suit for their kids. And one of the cards in the Magic suit is called Magical Beings. And so he wanted to be involved in the Magic because that's the fun part. You know, the Magic for your kids. It's like bringing them the flowers to the recital um, and, and planning birthday parties. There's just a lot of fun and, and stress. But so he took over the magical beings card and he decided he was going to be the tooth fairy. They talked about it in advance. And so as you can predict, probably care where the story is going. The first time he was tooth fairy, it was their second, it was their daughter's second tooth. The tooth fairy didn't come. Hmm. So, and this is Ed talking to me about what fair play did for him. So the, what would have happened before fair play, Ed told me, and Amy agreed, was that she would have said, I will never fucking trust you with anything ever again. I tried. This division of labor is not working. You've ruined the magic for our child. I knew you couldn't do it. But because they were trying to really be in this fair play system, one of the main rules is you have to let someone carry through their mistake. And also they have to take accountability. So what Amy said to me was the second that Ed said to her, that it was my bad. I messed up. Because he said his dynamic would, he would have blamed her. He would have blamed Amy for not reminding him to put the dollar under the pillow. But post fair play, he takes ownership, says, my bad, didn't blame you, totally my mistake. Amy lets him carry through his mistake because he took the accountability. And so he tells me, he emails toothfairy at gmail.com uh, saying, sorry, where, where are you? Like, you didn't come last night. He did it in front of his daughter um, before, you know, whatever, the school day. 
And then when she gets home, it turns out that this email account actually gave a response. He prints it out. There's somebody behind twofairygmail.com. So thank you for that woman. But he tells me he prints it out. He shows it to his daughter. He says, look, the tooth fairy says there's supply chain issues because in the pandemic, that means things can't get here. And he's joking with his daughter. And he says, you know, when she's late, she brings double the money. And then that night he put the dollar under the pillow. And today he's still the tooth fairy mm-hmm. two years later. That's fair play. And, and that's the beauty for men, the, the, the space to be able to have those connections with the people around them, because now we're learning that the only predictor for men's health that matters is the quality of their relationships at 55 is whether we can predict whether they're alive at 85. For women, it's more complicated. For men, it is their quality of their connections. And so I, I hope people learn from Ed or men understand that this is not a shaming activity or a scorekeeping exercise. It's not 50-50. It's about the beauty of ownership um, when you take ownership of, of caring about your home as an organization. So I had read Fair Play before, and I had not read your newest book, Unicorn Space. I went back and reread Fair Play and immediately jumped in. You were my weekend reading, read Unicorn Space. Thank and you. it's, um, it you know, it just seems so natural how the two just kind of fed off of one another. And just in based on what you just said, too, I feel like there's probably you know, the the invisible work that people are doing, there's probably um, not a lot of joy for a lot of people in that, especially when they're giving up, um, you know, their unicorn space, their creative side. So do you want to talk yes. a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I think, again, back to not wanting to be an expert on the gender division of labor, Kara, I did not expect to also write my second book about creativity. I thought book two would be fair play for co-founders mm-hmm. and fair play for workplaces, which hopefully will be book three. But I, f- I couldn't ignore a lot of the data that I couldn't all fit into, into fair play. And the data was that people were, one of the reasons that was shocking to me that people were hesitant to play fair play was they didn't understand the premise of getting time back, Kara, because they said they would just use it to do more parenting to do more Mm -hmm. partnering, to be a professional. They didn't understand what they would do with any free time, right? Because they had been giving away their most valuable currency, their time for free to others or their roles for so long. And so I was highly alarmed that there wasn't a, that there was this passion gap, especially for women who sort of were parents, partners, professionals on repeat for at least 10 years, fourth grade, I was getting a lot of women saying to me, I would have no idea what to do with found time. The only thing I'm passionate about Eve is just, you know, curious about is why my newborn baby's poop is yellow. And so So I would, I even, I asked a CEO who I love, what makes you, you? And she said, shopping. So I was feeling highly alarmed. Um, And then, so I decided, and I also felt really alarmed by a lot of the happiness books that were coming out. Because it felt like everybody was becoming obsessed with how to be happy, how to find happiness, happiness this, happiness that. And so I had to really, and then women were feeling guilty because they weren't always happy. And I was like, and I was feeling rage through the entire Trump era. And I kept saying like, this can't be the real definition of mental health, like being happy all the time. 
And so I finally went to the mental health professionals with one of the biggest insights of my life. And I decided I wanted to write a book surrounding that. And the biggest insight that I've ever gotten besides that ownership is more important than 50-50, which is the fair play um, insight is, and the power of treating your home as your most important organization. But the insight that led me to read, to write Unicorn Space was the insight that we had been saying to our kids and ourselves, I just want you to be happy. When the actual definition of mental health is to have the appropriate emotion at the appropriate time and the ability and strength to weather it. And so once I understood what the true definition of mental health was, I understood that the idea of unicorn space, this time that brings you back to what makes you you, activities that make you come alive, that scare you a little bit, that say that make you feel like, I can't believe I just did that. Um, those are the ability and strength to weather it. There mm-hmm. are umbrellas. And once I realized that that was what we, we could have, we can have these, we can be consistently interested in our own lives and that will lead to mental and physical health. It was a really, and so I, I went to a seven expert disciplines. So you don't have to just believe me, the science is in there, but it's not just about being creative or picking up art pens. It's about what does it take to be consistently interested in your own life beyond your roles as a parent, partner, and professional. And that was unfortunately harder than just an article to write after Fair Play, Kara. I felt like it took an entire book to explore that fundamental difference in how, um, and how to look at happiness versus true actual mental health. Definitely. I mean, it is so, so good. And it's, uh, and for me, I always wanting to have, uh, a really service my creative side, no matter how busy yes. I am or whatever I'm doing. It just spoke so much to me. So, so let's say somebody's listening to this, they're going to go buy the books and they're going to hear a little bit more, um, about this, but how do they reset a situation? They're like, that's me. I have no creativity left. My house is, Mm -hmm. I I never buy the blueberries. I like (laughs) want to just pull my hair out, cry all the time. How do you, what's the first step in kind of resetting? Well, I think it's really important to, I think, if someone's listening and this is the 101, I think it's really important to figure out sort of what what is hardest for you right now. So um, actually, if you have a partner who's, you're like this, he's into systems, he's already helping. Yes, he brings some spicy Dijon, but I sort of realized that our dynamic is similar to Amy and Ed. If you're that, I would say start with fair play because it's a really easy way to up, Uh, level your life by Mm -hmm. entering a system. If you feel like my partner always assumes I'm buying his smoothie needs and stuff is not going well, I wouldn't start with fair play actually, because it's a very, very triggering. You can read the book and live with some of that anger and the angst. And then the system is really helpful later, but I wouldn't start there. What I would start with is the entry point of of unicorn space of of not worrying about your household dynamics at this moment but but starting to work on yourself and and when we work on ourselves there are two things that are the biggest hurdles to to women claiming their unicorn space and one 
and this is because I asked, I asked in 17 countries, you know, you tell me you love the piano, so why aren't you playing? You tell me that uh, you're obsessed with the outdoors, but you've been indoors all winter. You tell me that, you know, you used to have a crocheting group, like what happened to that? Typically the number, the two things that women have told me why they've sort of given up those passions um, are one, that they don't believe they have a permission to be unavailable, Kara, mm-hmm. that that availability becomes part of their identity. And that, that's because of capitalist patriarchy. And so, you know, we can do a whole other ex- episode on why we're conditioned that way. But we are conditioned to not hold a boundary for our own time. And again, this is a whole other episode, but I talk about this in Fair Play and Unicorn Space, that that comes from a fundamental conditioning from birth that women should be available to others uh, as as a parent, a partner, and or a professional, um, because that that um, that conditioning is how society works. Mm-hmm. If if women weren't doing all the unpaid labor, if we didn't treat women's time as infinite like sand and guard men's time as as diamonds, uh, our our whole system would would collapse. Um, if you don't believe me, just see what happened when women had to take over literally everything during the pandemic. Um, so that boundary that your time is also diamonds is very hard. And if you don't believe me, I started to ask women, close your eyes, picture your child's school is ca- calling, don't pick up. <laughs> and so women were getting a stress response. Even they were telling me they were, they were getting a stress response, even in the picturing of that exercise. Um, and then the second big hurdle was guilt and shame that women who did feel like they were doing creative pursuits or really interested in them um, felt that they were always tainted by guilt and shame that they couldn't get rid of. And so those are where I would start with understanding how are you feeling? Has availability, have you been conditioned to believe availability has to be part of your identity, that you have to drop everything for everybody else? Have you um, tried creative pursuits, but then guilt and shame sort of ruin it? And so I talk a lot about how you can get out of that rut. But one of my favorite exercises that I did, I talk about in book two, Unicorn Space, was I started to keep a guilt and shame journal, Kara. And it was really fun because I did this during right before the pandemic. Um, and I started to create a journal, a moleskin that said, you know, I feel guilty because I don't put Anna to bed at night or I didn't put Anna to bed tonight. That's my, you know, my that was my toddler daughter at the time. And then... I would cross it out and say, I made the decision not to put Anna to bed tonight so I could see Kara because I haven't caught up with her in a while and I really miss her. And then the fun part about changing, I feel guilty because I made the decision because is that a year later, you look back on the things you felt guilty about Kara and you're, it's like embarrassing. It's like, I felt guilty, like for taking a walk around the block instead of going to buy like a Hello Kitty sheet for my daughter or something ridiculous. And you're like, that's what has been holding me back all this yeah. time. So I would, that's where I would, I would start. I would start with understanding this idea about what your boundaries are. Are you able to keep a boundary or do you drop everything for everybody else? Um, and uh, how, if you don't um, also examine sort of how guilt and shame uh, and those emotions sort of play with your creative identity. I totally agree. So it's, it, it is uh I mean, I think that that's the best way to describe it because I think especially there are, I mean, people may not actually even 
understand that there is a problem. I almost feel like there's some people that are going to read Unicorn Space and then say, wait, yes. maybe I backtrack yes. and yes. Yes. really actually evaluate and get back to fair play. So anyway, both excellent. And you did such an amazing job and they were just super helpful um, for sure. So last question, best advice that anyone has ever given you along the way or sort of knowing what you know about relationships, about household uh, management, whatever it is, like, what is it that maybe you've, you've heard that that has really been helpful or you've come up with on your own that you're that, you know, you're telling your younger self? You know, it actually came from my middle son, Ben, because he helped me understand um, and try to understand why I was holding his initial, his, my, his daughter, his sister's initial and my son's initial, um, on my neck. Uh-huh. I had this, you know, initial net- necklace and he gave me permission, um, to replace their initials with my own. And we had this whole conversation about where he said to me a version of what we, I mean, in the context of the, co- you know, the conversation about both books that, it was okay to wear my own initial around my neck. And I said to him, you know what? And I do it actually physically. You know, I went to like a jewelry store just for like a $50 necklace or whatever. And I wear an E around my neck because what we decided together, me and my son, was that everybody was going to remind me that I was a parent. They would say to me, who's watching your kids when I was going to go on business trips? Everybody would remind me that I was the mother to Anna and Zach and Ben, but no one was going to remind me that I was allowed to be Eve. And so actually that sort of sage conversation allowed me to put my actual physical initial back on my neck. And that's been one of the most um, powerful symbols for me. So empowering. I love that story. That is so, so terrific. I've actually never told that before. So thank you for asking that question. Cause no, I love uh, the way you I asked that. It. I just, um, yeah. So I'll tell him that a shout out to Ben. Yeah. Shout out to Ben. I love that so much. So thank you again. And we'll have all the info in the show notes and thanks everybody for listening. So goodbye for, for Bye, now. Cara. Goodbye. I'm actually going to do some unpaid labor and pick up my son from school. So big hugs to you. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023 and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Undaunted. 
Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.